0: Adventures with my 40s. I'm Courtney Henning Novak, a 42-year-old woman doing my best to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers. This is episode 26, and I'm also going to cross-post this to my first podcast, Adventures with Postpartum Depression. So hello to everyone joining us from that show adventurers of postpartum depression, adventurers of women in their 40s, people in their 40s, life, whatever. Okay, I want to talk about maternal mental health today. This is, I'm recording this on May 4th, May the 4th, be with you, and this is maternal mental health week. And May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. So, and as a side note, Whenever something has a day or a month dedicated to that, that's good because it's bringing attention to it, but it's, you know, less than good because it means it's not getting the attention it deserves, and needs. Mental health shouldn't be like, all right, you know, we can talk about it for the month of May and that's it. Like, no, we should be talking about mental health all the time, all the year. So I will be talking about mental health today, um, I want to talk about the idea that mental health is a journey, not a destination. But before I get there, I had an email pop up today from Tiffany Rowe, which is spelled R-O-E. And Tiffany Rowe is a therapist, and she is, has a great presence on Instagram, and she does a podcast, and I will put this information in the show notes. But her newsletter, I love, I don't read it always, but I read it more than I read a lot of things. And she had a comment, a little, little blurb at the beginning of her newsletter that I wanted to read. The world may have stopped for the pandemic, but it sure isn't stopping for the grief that followed. Pandemic grief. This is such an important topic. I have found that people are assuming we are just experiencing anxiety and depression. But what is actually happening is we are grieving the loss of life as we knew it before the pandemic. Here's the thing. The world doesn't stop for grief. It never has. But that doesn't mean that our grief isn't valid or deserving of the sacred, tender attention it needs. Isn't it strange how we ignore grief in our culture? We just want things to go back to normal. This isn't our fault. It's due in part to our broken emotional suppression culture. We are all dealing with grief right now. We are grieving the loss of the world as we knew it pre-COVID. And that was a good reminder for me because, yeah, a lot of grief. And I, I, I'm I, good at addressing anxiety and depression, but I'm not so great at grief. And I can't really dive into an episode about that today because I haven't really thought it through enough but I actually just as I'm talking to you I wrote the word grief and circled it a bunch of times in my bullet journal so that I remember to ponder on that and Tiffany Rowe said she's going to be sending that she's thinking through some stuff on grief so I'm excited to read about it and I haven't listened to her podcast in a few months so I should I should dip in and see what she's saying great podcast and I'm of course blanking on the name of it, I think it's Therapy Thoughts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Therapy Thoughts. But I'll post to all that in the show notes, which will be at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And one last order of business before I get into the episode today: we. No. Sometimes I just lose English language. Do you ever do that? Like you just your brain just empties. Like when I meditate, my brain does not want to empty. That's when my brain is like, well, let's get busy. Let's just start playing songs and remembering to do lists and like replaying things that happened, you know, when I was 14. But when I'm actually recording a podcast, that's when my brain decides to go quiet. What I was trying to say is that if you're listening to this around the time the episode drops, my memoir, Adventures with Postpartum Depression, is free to download off Amazon. So that's the Kindle version. Can't make the paperback version free. Maybe someday I could. It well, I'd have to be. You have to print it and you have to pay for it. So when I'm a billionaire, I will make available copies of that book available for lots of people. But it's my memoir, and it's been it was published like three years ago, and it covers my experiences with Depression, anxiety, OCD, um, I describe the darkness of the first four months postpartum, and, and I try to do it, I, I've been told many, many times that I do it in a way that's actually funny. I'm, I'm vulnerable, I go into, um, like, I, I really try to like dig into my experiences with anxiety and depression, but I also... Because it's me and I can't help myself, I do it in a way that's funny. So, I, you know, like, no one wants to sit and read a book that depresses them for eight hours. Like, that's that's not the point. So I tried to, like, do it in a way that was enjoyable for the reader. I described my uh, four, four days in the psychiatric unit at our Pasadena hospital, and the beginning of my recovery. Uh, Zoloft, group therapy, occupational therapy, which is just fancy talk for arts and crafts. Um, also board games, but we never did the board games. We just did the arts and crafts. And then my subsequent recovery, uh, my work with a cognitive behavioral therapist, learning to just gain confidence in how I was a mom and a parent, getting out into the world and making mom friends and dealing with boredom because for me, having a baby was sometimes often quite boring. And... So and the, it just takes you through that year of life from pregnancy and why I had a tough pregnancy and things that laid the groundwork for me having postpartum depression through the actual experience and recovery. It's pretty damn good book. I'm very proud of it. And if you want it for free, go ahead and download, even if you're not going to read it now. Even if you're listening and you're in the throes of postpartum depression but you're and you're like, I can't possibly read right now. Just... Go download it so you have it to read in, you know, a year or two or three and you don't have to pay for it. It's my gift to you during Maternal Mental Health Week and it's available from Wednesday, May 5th until Sunday, Mother's Day, my Mother's Day gift to all the moms out there. So I want to talk about maternal mental health as a journey, not a destination. So, because of Mental Maternal Mental Health Week, I went to post something on Instagram yesterday, which I did. And I posted, I, I went through like old photos and posted a baby photo of Pippa with me, and talked about a lot of like the feelings I had then and what was going on in my head and how I how I was suffering, but didn't really realize I was in the midst of a mental health crisis. And I realized that I talk a lot about that first year. The, the of motherhood and that year with postpartum depression and anxiety and OCD and Zoloft. And those are really important things to talk about because there's still a stigma that lots of people are dealing with and people are still not comfortable talking about this. I'm not hugely comfortable talking about postpartum depression, to be honest, because, or I am obviously because I'm doing this podcast and I've published a book, but I don't know how to just bring it up to random people. I can't go, you know, I would love to just go to moms who are, um, you know, out and about with their really young babies and be like, how are you doing? But that's like, in our culture, that is not seen as socially appropriate. I was at the mall once and waiting to get a coffee and there was a mom sitting like 10, 15 feet away with a baby and she was crying to herself. And I, I kept watching her out of the corner of my eye and I was waiting to get my coffee. And something in me kept saying, go talk to her, ask her if she's okay. But there was my, that, you know, like it's not socially acceptable to go over to someone crying. And I, I just, I held back and I, I didn't do it. And it, I, I regret that. I wish I'd gone over. I wish I'd taken the risk and been like, you know, geez, I was like, how are you doing? And it could have been anything going on. I mean, maybe a loved one had died. Maybe, you know, you don't know, but I wish I'd had the courage to go over and talk to that mom crying in public. But, you know, and that social norms and etiquette hadn't kept me from doing that. So, but so I focus a lot on that first year for, as I was talking about. And I, sorry, I got distracted. I'm, I I do my podcasting at my desk which is out a window that overlooks our street and I um can see two of my neighbors they were getting into the car including um my neighbor who has it's, it's husband and wife and the wife has stage four cancer which has spread everywhere and I was just trying to soak up looking at her because like I don't know if that's it like we've been told by neighbors that like you know, we're praying for her that this could be the last week of her life. And she was able to walk right now and get into the car, but I don't know if they were going out for a drive just to get her out of the house and go get some in and out, and it's a beautiful day here, enjoy some sunshine, or if she's going to the hospital to be comfortable. I, I don't know. So, I sorry I got distracted there, real life. Um, I had to take a moment to just, as I was talking, like, part of me was like sending love across the street. And, um, I don't know the wife very well. I, I, she, um, it just isn't out in the front yard that much, but her husband's out there all the time. He's a contractor. So he's always loading up the car with stuff and talking to my kids and he's kind of the mayor of the neighborhood. So it's, you know, just my, my heart aches for her family. So, all right, back to maternal mental health. But, you know, that's actually what I was doing just there was allowing my feelings and, you know, having a moment and thinking about them. And that's part of mental health. Like, my mental health journey did not stop when I finished doing cognitive behavioral therapy for uh, postpartum depression after I had PIPA, which was at about 11, when she was about 11 months old. My mental health journey did not stop when i weaned off zoloft uh, when i was pregnant with julian my mental health journey did not stop after i did therapy after i had julian and dealt with other residual stuff that came up my mental health journey did not stop when i weaned off zoloft for the second time my mental health journey is a journey it's not a destination. It's going to keep going. And it's sort of one of those journeys where you reach way stations and you stop and you, you, you rest and you get acclimated and then you keep going. Um, the phrase I like is new level, new devil. Like I figured out a lot of shit when I had postpartum depression, but there's new shit to figure out. And there's, um, new work to do with motherhood with kids who get older. Um, Like, the thing that comes to mind is at the beginning of first grade, when Pippa would have been, oh my goodness, only six, now she's eight, when she was, at the beginning of first grade, one of her best friends froze her out for a couple weeks, and she was dealing with that social drama, and that was just a whole new thing for me to deal with, and allowing my daughter to be upset, and, uh, you know, making space for her bad feelings, and figuring out ways to let her express her feelings, but also encourage her like like root for her during that experience be her cheerleader it, it, it was just another new level new devil like that first year postpartum depression oh you know the 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 devils were insomnia sleep deprivation um just being generally new to the business of motherhood how demanding babies are my goodness um and i i do think overall Based on the work I did that first year of motherhood, thanks to having postpartum depression, my journey has gotten easier. Like I'm, like I don't want to. If anyone's listening to us and you currently have postpartum depression, I don't want you thinking, "Oh shit, I have to like work on my mental health for the rest of my life." It's not a daunting thing. You get used to it. You, you, you build those self care practices, those habits, and now I'm working on. Things like, like there were things I lost when I had postpartum depression, like going outside and getting fresh air, just opening the damn window for fresh air, going out into nature, um, doing things to let me feel like an adult, seeing people, connecting with people, having meaningful conversations. Those were things that I did for postpartum depression that I still do today, but they've become a lot more second nature, so I don't have to think about them as much, but I am I still do have to work on my mental health. Like I went back on Zoloft last July because 2020 pandemic distance learning. And I'm still on Zoloft. And the last time I talked to my psychiatrist, she's like, so are you giving thoughts to weaning? And I was like, no, I, I really don't think I should even think about it until the kids are back in school full time. And she's like, okay, good, because I don't think anyone should be weaning right now. And so I have a great psychiatrist who's very supportive and... That's But so my mental health journey has continued. And, you know, I say maternal mental health. I mean, a lot of it does come into being a mother because being a mother is very demanding and time consuming. And you're dealing with the feelings of your children and their needs. But you also you can't pour from an empty bucket like they say on the airplanes. Put the face mask on yourself first before you put it on your kid because you can't help your kid if you've passed out from oxygen deprivation. All right, I'm going to grab my piece of paper, rustle it for you as I think about other things to say. I was thinking about maternal mental health as a journey, not a destination, because I haven't figured this out. These are you know things I'm thinking through, but postpartum depression gets, is a mental illness, and on the one hand, that's good, because then you can get insurance, which kicks in and cover. And if you need something like Soloft, you can get that covered by insurance. Some, um, depending on your health insurance plan, therapy might be covered. But there's something about labeling it as an illness. An illness has a beginning and an end. And it also, we have a tendency to think of the fastest fix for the symptoms and not necessarily the underlying cause with our current health system. So I think about this mom I met. I used to run a free peer-to-peer support group and I started that when Julian, my second child. No, I started it when Pippa was a kid, didn't I? God, I can't remember. I mean, it's eight years of motherhood. It's starting to blur. But I met this mom definitely when Julian was a baby and we, she was talking to me about her experiences and she was not seeing a therapist and her health plan did not cover it. And she basically would just see this doctor and he gave her a prescription and then she would see him for, you know, at at intervals and they would adjust the, the dose and that was it. And that was all that was being done to treat her. And because she was seen as having postpartum depression and this mental illness, it was just like, you know, whatever he was prescribing for her, that was supposed to take care of the whole situation. And I know that, like for me and for so many people I've known, that therapy and changing our thought patterns and learning, you know, building new beliefs and getting rid of old toxic beliefs and it's it's part of the work. And... So I think a danger of postpartum depression being seen as a mental illness is that it has a beginning and an end, and we can just treat the symptoms and you're good to go where there might be underlying causes. Like, I know that postpartum depression had a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons I got postpartum depression, like pre-existing anxiety and um, my hormones going batshit crazy, sleep deprivation, having had a really tough pregnancy. I mean, you can go back and listen to all those old episodes and interviews I have on the show. um, if you're curious in you know, other women's stories, but I completely, again, my brain just went, went empty. Why is it that like when I'm meditating, it doesn't do this? Okay. So what was I talking about? It was that my, had all these reasons I had postpartum depression but there were some that were much deeper and like toxic like beliefs about my own self-worth and beliefs that about motherhood about how I wasn't a good enough mom unless I was sacrificing everything for my kids and that motherhood alone should make me happy like I shouldn't feel the need to talk to other adults or You know write books. I'm a writer but I I completely even forgot about writing and I think so if all I had done to treat postpartum depression was be hospitalized and then take the Zoloft and then that was it I would never have gotten into the deeper work about toxic messages about what it's like to be a woman and how a woman should behave and toxic messages about being a mother and what it means to be a mother and that's why I think for me maternal mental health is a journey not a destination, because there is just a lot of, like, cultural, like, thousands of year old beliefs about what it means to be a woman, and what it means to be a mother. And I, I can't just, like, be like, well, I took Zoloft, and I'm good to go. Like, I have to do that deeper work to um, be, like, to reach my most authentic self, and to reach my, po- my potential. I... Also think of mental health as a journey, because, I mean, a word I always love is momentum, or I like to say it as mom and, you know, like, there are different things that will happen in life that will slow your momentum, and mental health is definitely, like, every time you get up the chair, off a chair, it is easier to get off a chair, but if you never get off the chair, getting off a chair is very, very daunting, and if you've ever dealt with depression, you will understand that, and it's... Like the pandemic has just come along and taken away a lot of people's momentum, and we've been doing this for over a year, and still it's hard to get that momentum back. And yeah, I mean my heart aches for everyone because this is just such such a tough time. One concept that is like a, or like a constant for me is that if I do the work on myself, then everything in my life is easier. If I try to change other people. I just feel a lot of friction and I increase my own suffering. So I think there's a lot of parenting strategies that come along about changing your kid. And it's really tough because kids go through all these developmental stages and they are, God bless them, humans in their own right with their own thoughts and ideas and wants and desires. And when I change my own mindset and my own reactions to my kids and the behavior I model, they are, you know, quote-unquote better behaved, or it's just easier to parent them. Like, if... I think Pippa for a while wanted to, when she was like five, wanted to be in charge of bringing her lunch to school or to camp. And she wanted to bring it into the car, but she kept forgetting it. Like it would be like literally right by the front door. And I, I would just lecture her, like, you have to remember it. You have to grab it. You have to bring it. And then finally, I realized, like, no, I need to change myself. She's five. She's doing her best. And I had to just say, like, sweetie, you're five. It's my job to bring the lunch into the car and hand it to you and make sure we have it. I mean, I, I was literally in the car one day screaming. And I realized at, at her because I had driven all the way to camp, which was when she was going to a camp that was like 20 minutes away. And she didn't have her lunch. And I was going to lose such so much of my free time because her brother was only at camp for three hours at his preschool. Uh, you know, I was losing all this, you know, me time because I had to go back and forth with her lunch. And I really, like, why am I abdicating the job of bringing the lunch to a five-year-old? She wants independence and she likes responsibility, but she's not ready for this. I have to just, like, it's on me to take the damn lunch into the car every day. So... Um, when I kept being like, she needs to change and I'm just going to scream at her about it so that she remembers that didn't help. As soon as I changed myself, I was like, you know what, this is my job. I'm going to do this everything. It, like eliminated all that friction and suffering and, you know, we all felt better for it. I could keep talking, I think, about mental health and the journey, not a destination, um, forever, but I, I do think this is a good time to wrap it up, um, I don't have any brilliant parting thoughts. I just think like mental health is a journey and that um, it's a wonderful journey. It's an adventure. That's why I'm always using that word adventure. You get to go travel to different places and, you know, go to foreign lands and meet wizards and witches and have, you know, you know, fun times and get to places where everything is going well and you relax and you enjoy it and then you deal with the next challenge and you grow more and then afterwards you can look back and be like oh I'm grateful for that challenge like here I am in the midst of this pandemic thinking I'm really grateful I had postpartum depression because it made me very aware of my mental health and I have from the very beginning like from the first shutdown in March 2020 I have known like I have to take a walk every day I have to get out of the house I have to uh, have phone calls with friends I have to take time away from my kids and write in my journal and work on my books. I have to find ways to laugh. Like, I have that toolkit so I was able to stay in a really good place on my journey. So, a lot, if you're, depending where you are in your journey, the work you do does make the rest of the journey much more fun and enjoyable and um, it's an adventure. Alright, I hope you are doing well and that you are not going too crazy during this pandemic. I love you all, and I'm rooting for you, and um, yeah, don't forget, download my memoir. It's free on Amazon. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, or on Instagram at Courtney.noback enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.